We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Big K Morning Show. Larry Richard with Susie Cool this morning. Hello. Marty will be back tomorrow. He's on a uh, school journey. Yeah, he's on a little trip. Looking for new schools and you went to St. Vincent College in mm-hmm. Latrobe and then a master's from Point Park. Mhm. Master's from Point Park. Pretty While impressive. I was working six jobs. It was a time. The Pittsburgh Speaker Series this Wednesday continues in the new season of University of Pittsburgh presents Marie Ivanovich who is the former US ambassador to Ukraine and how this works Susie is Mhm. We introduce the speaker. They do about an hour where they do basically a lecture about their subject okay. and, and then a half hour Q&A from the audience. So I had a chance to catch up with the ambassador and welcome her to KDKA. Thanks for having me, Larry. As a former ambassador of Ukraine, obviously very much top of mind in the news for many, but it may surprise people to know you were actually born in Montreal. Yep, Montreal, Canada. That's right. And uh, but brought up in the U.S., we moved uh, to uh, Connecticut when I was about three years old. What is the job of an ambassador when you're representing the United States? The job is the same no matter what country uh, you are assigned to. It's to represent the United States, the American people, and the president personally. Uh, you are the representative of the president in that country. And um, you know, generally in all countries, there are kind of three baskets of issues uh you know one is the security issue one is the political issues and the third are our economic and commercial interests so you know defending and protecting our interests abroad that is what we do we work for the american people during your time from 2016 to 2019 as ambassador to ukraine did you sense that this was impending doom for the Ukrainian people from Russia? The Russians had actually invaded in 2014, and that fighting continued on a low-level basis through 2022. It didn't necessarily make the U.S. news, but, you know, three Ukrainians on average died a week. You know, obviously there was some kinetic activity in the east of Ukraine, and it was very destabilizing for it, for, uh, for the country. So we always knew that Russia wanted to control Ukraine. I thought that, you know, the, um, the war, uh, the low-level war, uh, the economic attacks, the cyber attacks, I thought that that was probably going to be enough for, for Russia in Ukraine, although it was clear that Russia had its sights on other countries as well. And then, of course, in um, 2021, Russia started building up all around Ukraine um, on all the land borders. And uh, it became very, very clear. And then, of course, the CIA released intelligence um, showing, you know, not just, uh, you know, the Russian buildup, but also Russian intent. And then in February of 22, the Russians invaded big time with the idea of taking over all of Ukraine. The Ukrainians were valiant and fought back. And, of course, we have provided a lot. We and other countries have provided a lot of assistance to enable them to continue that fight. And it's important that we continue to provide that assistance so that they can continue to fight the Russians 
Um, that is in Ukrainian interest, of course, first and foremost, but it's also in our interest, our security interests as well. I think it's obvious that Vladimir Putin, the president, thought that Ukraine might roll over. And here we are almost two years later. Uh, does it surprise you, the strength of the Ukrainian people? No, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, I've lived there for a total of six years over two different assignments. And so I know the Ukrainian people. I, I knew that they would fight. There were a lot of um, Russia experts, Ukraine experts, international experts that did not believe that, that thought that, like Vladimir Putin, they thought that Ukraine would fold within within a week. That was never in the cards, in, in my opinion, because... I knew that even if the Ukrainian military couldn't hold off the Russians, that the Ukrainian people would surge forward. We saw that in 2014 when people went to the front lines basically with their bare hands and with, you know, old World War II rifles. And we saw it again in February and 2022 and to this date. Ambassador, how do you think a presidential election year will affect how we end up supporting the fight in Ukraine? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that Ukrainians are obviously concerned that given what the former president um, has, um, former President Trump has, has said about the conflict, uh, U.S. assistance would stop if he were reelected. Certainly that is what the Russians are counting on. They're making no bones about that, that they would welcome a second Trump presidency and what it would mean for them. More broadly, in both the Democratic and the Republican Party, there is broad support for Ukraine. I mean, it is a small fraction of a small part of one party that does not support continued uh, security assistance to Ukraine. And from what I'm hearing on the Hill, I think that will get sorted out in the next month or so. I'm certainly hopeful that that will be the case. Well, we'll look forward to digging deeper in the details. Wednesday night at Heinz Hall, the Pittsburgh Speaker Series presented by the University of Pittsburgh and the Raymond James Spanos Group. Ambassador, looking forward to seeing you in person. Safe travels coming to Pittsburgh. Thanks, I'm looking forward to it. An expert on Eastern European affairs, fellow at Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and Georgetown's Institute for the Study of Diplomacy and a New York Times bestselling memoir, Lessons from the Edge. Marie Yovanovitch, former ambassador to Ukraine on the Big K Morning Show. Larry Richard with Susie Cool from our news team in for Marty this morning. How you holding up? I'm good. Don't look at me like that. Just eyeing me. <laughs> As you get that blank stare. I get it, man. It's uh Yeah, I will say, you know, eight thirty was a little rough, but is... we're we're on the home stretch. Oh yeah. You think I'm not gonna last another you what, got 32 this. Minutes? You got your your you're a workout yeah. person. Orange yeah. Orange Theory. Tell people what Orange Theory is. High intensity interval training. So that's hit. Um, it's treadmill rowing. There's a floor block thrown in there as well. Uh, it's 60 minutes. Somebody coaches you through the entire class. I'm obsessed. I also do personal training though. Um, at, 60 minutes yes. of working out. Yes. Oh man. But like I said, sometimes I throw in those two a days. Knock you'll it do off. Two. Yeah. Sets of that. Yeah. So I'll do like a 60 minute class and then they just um, implemented these 50 minute tread classes, which means you just tread the entire time for 50 minutes and you essentially take yourself. They put a card on your treadmill and you just go through these blocks for 50 minutes. It is incredible. I run probably eight miles whenever I do a class and then the tread 50 and then I come into work and I just act like I've just been living life. 
But what you don't know is my legs have just been going and going and going for hours. I don't know how you do that. That's a lot. It's one thing to take a walk. It's so much fun. I, I don't get it because somebody said, you know, if I was a runner, I would be exactly like you. I'm not a runner. No. I mean, I guess I am. But I mean, I it's something about the mental, just getting through it and being able to push myself on the treadmill. Samantha, I love it. our producer, Samantha McGill, she's, are you uh, into any kind of formal training? No. No? No. What do you like to do when you're doing something? Like physical? Yeah, I mean, is your what's your workout? What's your go-to? Um, I like cardio. I was a dancer, so I like to dance. Oh. Um, that's mainly. But I struggle with like going to the gym and like I just don't. I don't find it. Some people find it super fun and, and like like I always feel super tired after. I don't have the. I don't get the energy boost. Well, apparently, gets me jazzed up. Four o'clock today. I'm telling you, if I don't PR that mile, I'm gonna come in so angry tomorrow, Larry. Are you gonna? So you're doing this this afternoon? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a little nap or papper, and then I'm going to wake up. <laughs> What's up? What's up with these eyes? Larry's like, I haven't heard any of this lingo ever. ever. Hey. He's like, Marty's not over here with this lingo in the morning. Marty will be texting me, uh, <laughs> the Regis and Kathy show is now over. He'll say he'll later. <laughs> he sent me that last time. Yeah, he said, what did he say? What did he say exactly? It was really, it was like. Is over. <laughs> he said it's over. Yeah. Marty's uh, intense, though. You may be surprised to know that he probably works out more than any person I know. Yeah, he, he's crazy. He does like three hours a day or something. What? Yeah. On his, like, you wouldn't think that of no. Marty. But what does he do? Is it the same workout for three hours? Or does he go he, from like, hey, I did you know a lift today, and then I'm going to go do yoga to stretch? No, he, he has like a home gym, right? Yeah. He does like a Peloton. He'll, he'll get on a Peloton. He'll do he, – he loves, like you're saying, to get, to get exhausted doing it. And then he'll be on a tre- – he'll watch a whole movie walking on a treadmill. My mom, we have a treadmill at our house, and she'll actually turn on a Hallmark movie and just like walk the entire time. In the basement. It's a thing. I mean, if that's what's getting your steps in, especially in the winter, no shame. Right there in the spot you're in, in mm-hmm. the studio, used to be a treadmill. Wow. And John Shumway, for a period of time, this is when they were suggesting that you could do this at work. The, so yeah. they have the, the workstations mm-hmm. that would raise up so that you could stand and sit. So you move around because you don't want to sit, sit. We should get one of those again. Yeah, so they had a treadmill, and it was strange because, you know, there was this stretch when I'd look over, and he was <laughs> and just, he's just strutting his stuff. Constantly walking. Now, sitting, we all know. Did you hear ever hear this? Sitting is the new smoking. Check this I, out. I have not. People who mostly sit at work have a higher risk of dying from all causes and a higher risk of cardiovascular disease compared to those who predominantly don't sit. That's according to researchers in Taiwan who followed nearly half a million people over nearly 13 years. The study authors say those who sit at work would need an additional 15 to 30 minutes of physical activity per day to make up the difference. So sitting is apparently not good for you. I, I, I'm telling you, I have not sat this much at a job my entire career. Yeah, but if you're doing that other stuff... It, it shouldn't theory. matter, but I, but I just feel like my legs. Always, I, I'm a person where I just want to be moving and grooving. 
You know where I like, if I'm going to sit, I like to sit in a movie theater. The beach would be good. Beach is good. Or take a walk along the beach, then sit. Mm -hmm. But in the movie theater, uh, the box office this weekend, guess who's number one? Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Mean Girls banked another $11.7 million, topping a $50 million domestic total in its second weekend in theaters. The Beekeeper came in second with another $8.5 million in ticket sales, and Wonka's still looking sweet in third with just over $6 million. I do love that money, sir. Analysts say it was a slower weekend, but a couple of awards contenders actually attracted bigger audiences ahead of Oscar nominations this week. Monica Ricks, CBS News. You ever go to the movies? I'm not a big moviegoer. I honestly think the last time that I went was in 2019. In a theater? Yeah. When's the last time you watched a movie? Okay, so I did watch two movies. Well, two is a stretch, but I definitely watched one. Um, What the heck? What's that movie that everybody's talking? What's that movie? I'm going to be very vague and you're going to have to guess it. What's that movie? It starts with an S. Saltburn. 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 I watched that. Weird. It was odd. I saw it too. Weird. But yeah, it's like one of those artsy films that people tell you you can't miss. And then when you're. Yeah. I wish I would have missed it. You saw it too. Yeah, I didn't. I I don't want to give it away. I still Mm -mm. can't decide if I liked it or not. It was. um, Edgy. Interesting. Especially the end. But don't say anything. Yeah. Um, did you watch honestly, till the that end? was the easiest yes, part I did. for me to get through. I'll be honest. The yeah, because the easiest because part. you had two minutes left and you were like, "Thank God!" Yeah, after like... two and a half hours. All right, there's an endorsement from Samantha and Susie. Salt burn. That's what you get when you fall into the street here. <laughs> Nine thirty-seven. This is the Big K Morning Show. Larry Richard with Susie Cool sitting in this morning okay. for Marty. Thanks, by the way for getting up early and uh, being here today. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Larry. And uh, I'm going to introduce you to a very special person. Okay. Her name is Vaso Polaris, and she is the woman behind Lending Hearts, and they're getting ready for their 12th annual Hearts Gala, February 1st, so it's not that far away, presented by UPMC Hillman Cancer Center and the Pittsburgh Pirates Charities. Vaso, good morning. Good morning, Larry. How are you? I'm doing well. So I was trying to explain to Susie, and you you have such a rich story and so important how you started the Lending Hearts Foundation. Uh, Share with us, uh, because I think it's really important to know where you're coming from. Sure, sure. Thank you. Well, it's actually uh, February will mark 19 years uh, when my younger sister, uh, she was a junior in high school, Mount Lebanon High School, and she was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, um, you know, you're thrown into these positions where uh, you don't know one end from the other. And uh, I'm much older than her, uh, 10 and a half, 11 years older. So I was kind of in the unique spot to be a older sister, second mom. Uh, You know, the family comes together. We're a big fat Greek family. So um, (laughs) we were able to come together and you know it, it was you look back and you think oh okay 2002 that it was long ago but not that long ago but you know I was fumbling through the white pages and we didn't have smartphones and where where do we go and what do we do and um, you know it was just uh, such a strange time looking back and thinking and how everything came together and 
We were literally in the, the waiting room. Hillman Cancer Center was one year old at the time. And uh, we, we heard this, this wonderful doctor was willing to pick up her case. And we're like, who is this guy? And uh, like, oh, Dr. Stanley Marks. I, I, don't, I don't know. Is this somebody fresh out of college who's willing to, to pick up her case? And, uh, you know, we, we laugh about it now, obviously, not knowing. But we, we all were sitting in the waiting room at Hillman at the, uh, that very first day. And that was really when the whole concept for the organization uh, just hit me because uh, I was looking around at other families and thinking, okay, we had, we were so fortunate to have so many people, but you're seeing folks who were by themselves and uh, people of all ages. And I thought, boy, I just want to lend my heart to them. Uh, what do they need? Where, where, what do, what do they have going on in their lives and who's there for them? And, uh, and then we went into that appointment and everything changed from there. So it really wasn't until uh, 2011 that uh, I, I verbalized to others, hey, is this really an idea? Is it worth anything? Could it benefit anybody? Uh, so that that was really how it all started. And then how, how did the, the gala start? It is is it on February 1st to kind of mark, you know, 19 well, years we ago? Well, we traditionally, yeah, well, uh, that also came about because of our wonderful honoree this year. We were, for the first, pre all the way until uh, 2019, we always had it at the end of February. And then once COVID came and differences of uh, trying to get uh, events back in hotels and uh, the calendars being messed up from uh, events being pushed out, the past couple of years, it had been moved to March. And this year we said, oh, okay, we wanted to go back to February. Well, then we're honoring the wonderful David Bednar. And, oh, yeah, he has to report to training camp a little earlier than everybody else. So, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> so that was how February 1st came to me. Uh, but it, it's wonderful. It, it's all coming together lovely. And last year was uh, Cam Hayward, and I was there. It's, yes. it's a great event. And I also want people to know, Basso, that you were – honored last year by Jane Seymour, Jane's uh, Open Hearts Foundation. How did you connect up with Jane Seymour? Because that was that had to be an amazing thing to go out there to California and receive that award. Yeah, it was a humongous honor. I mean, really, uh, they are a really, really wonderful and very special organization. And all the members of their board, I feel like, are like the members of our Lending Hearts Board, very special, loving individuals um, that really become family. And going out there last year, it, it truly was an honor to be recognized for or Lending Hearts and the work we do. We've been very fortunate the past few years to receive a grant from the Open Hearts Foundation. So it all came together beautifully. And uh, what was really tremendous about being out there was we were at the her gala and it was before they recognized me, there was a gentleman sitting next to me and talking, oh, who are you? What do you do? And very, very long story short, the gentleman sitting directly beside me was the oncologist who created the drug that ultimately saved my sister's life. So it was beyond a full circle moment that I will forever treasure. I mean, it was wonderful and tremendous to receive this acknowledgement and award, but to be next to that physician and he rattles everything off to me, exactly her diagnosis and this, that, and the other. And I thought, Oh my gosh, how do you know so much? He goes, I made that drug. <laughs> that wow. is absolutely stunning, but it's so 
Pittsburgh like to have some mm -hmm. of these amazing connections. And by the way, yes. uh, donations this month to Lending Hearts doubled uh, by Open Hearts Foundation. And you can go to LendingHearts.org. And uh, if you can, still time to come if they want to make it to your uh, Hearts Gala. Yes, yes. Everything is on LendingHearts.org. All the information for the, the gala is on there. And when you click there, you will see more about the, the match campaign with Open Hearts Foundation. We're uh, extremely fortunate and uh, most grateful for everything and everyone. Well, we'll let you go. Thank you. And uh, it's an incredible story. And good luck this year. It's uh, Groundhog Eve, Thanks. which <laughs> makes it even more special. Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Very true. Thank you. Thank you, Vasco. Basso Valores, the founder of The Lending Hearts, and you can go to LendingHearts.org for details. See, Susie, I told you, you got some special people in this town. I love Pittsburgh. All right, this is it. This is it, Larry. You made it through a I did. big K morning show, Susie Cool. I almost fell asleep twice. I'll admit it to the people back home, but I'm awake and I'm alive now <laughs> to drive home. You had that... You had that stare I, almost to the point of becoming a mouth breather at one point. Really? Yeah, where your eyes glaze and then your jaw drops. Huh. Uh, but you didn't drool, and I'm very proud of you for that. That's good. So, <laughs> right, Pat Septak is in there. Did you, did you meet Pat? He's our news editor. Did He's I meet him? No, I have no idea. Who world was. famous. He got uh, a haircut. Accordion player. He's uh, got the leader hose, and I want to get him back. I would love to get him up to Gobbler's Knob. February 2nd is coming up, and you want to talk about the Super Bowl of weather. This is the precursor to the other big game. This mm. is much bigger. This is international. Groundhog Day? And I could see, Pat, you up on Gobbler's Knob with your accordion going wild in that lederhosen. <laughs> that just seems so interesting. He's not even here. He he's not even on a microphone to defend himself right now. Come on in with that snazzy haircut, Pat. Pat, I, I want to know. There's our guy. Can you can you tell me? Have you ever <laughs> been to Punxsutawney? I have, but not on ground Groundhog. Oh, you didn't no, cover it. No, I I, I visited. Uh, I. I uh, What's it called? Gobbler's Knob. Gobbler's Knob. Yeah, yeah. I went up there <laughs> over the summer uh, last year. Oh. Yeah. What's going Just on in the summer? Nothing. Gobbler's Knob. Nothing, but that's, you know, that was the point. I didn't want to, I don't want to be there with all them people. I know, but the autograph seekers for you now. <laughs> yes. You got Daphne. Oh, da Daphne Turner. Daphne Tracy. would probably go. She'd probably be she, Well, there. she's up in Slippery Rock. This yeah. is one of. Oh, I know fan. about you Daphne. know Daphne. I've asked. She knows about that, yeah, and so. I think Daphne would be very happy with Pat's haircut today. Ah. Yeah. See, Susie's the only one who noticed my haircut. I noticed PJ's last week too. Yeah, our news director, mm -hmm. who's uh, he looked military like. So this is my thing. Every time a girl gets her haircut, somebody notices and they comment on it. Well, why doesn't anybody compliment the guy? So anytime I notice that a guy has a haircut, I go out of my way to say you look very handsome because you deserve it too. Well, I just got mine cut Thursday, so I didn't pass muster. <laughs> oh, Larry, you uh -oh. got a haircut? By the way, <laughs> Susie has volunteered one month from today to do the plunge for Special Olympics. You're and so uh, silly. 
You'll yeah. be covering that. So hmm. thank you, Pat. Yes. Interesting. Thank you, Susie Cool. Check out <laughs> Susie Cool. At Suze Kewl, S-U-Z-K-E-W-L, on Instagram and Twitter. It's a good time. Thank you for having me, Larry. Right. Good to have you. Marty will be back, and he'll be fired up tomorrow. <laughs> just because he's had extra sleep. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.